It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Michael Reed on LMFM. Wednesday morning, the 14th of October. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. And this is Michael Reed on LMFM. An almost 18 billion euro budget, but is a government borrowing almost 40 billion euro over two years able to rescue the economy? Yes. The test we face is daunting. Further demanding choices await. Yes. The uncertainty and anxiety about the future of lives, the future of livelihoods, is great. And yes, we will prevail. We will come through this. And from the ashes of the pandemic, together, we will build a stronger and more resilient Ireland. The overspend this year alone is massive. A deficit of €21.5 billion or 6.2% is currently projected for 2020. The intention is to pile debt on top of debt. Budget 2021 forecasts a deficit of 20.5 billion euro. The hope, they say, is to buy our way out of the emergency. This is why we are introducing the largest and most ambitious budget in the history of our state to support our economy, our businesses and our households. The day will come when COVID-19 is behind us. The day will come when there is no more talk of Brexit. Everything will not go back to the way it was before, nor do we want it to, because we are committed to making things better. Ministers Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue delivering Budget 2021 yesterday. This morning we're joined by the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, who's on the line. And a very good morning to you, Minister, and uh, thanks. So there are eye-watering figures that we're talking about here, really massive amounts of money. Uh, But the idea is uh, to rescue the country from the crisis, the emergency that we're in, and the ensuing recession that uh, is to follow. Uh, And I suppose uh, the first question is, is it enough? Well, look, I mean, we've tried to make sure that this budget, and and it's hard not to reflect on Pascal's comments there where he says we are in uncertain times and and we don't know what is ahead. But what we've tried to do with this, as you said, almost 18 billion euro package is not just ensure that next year we will continue to support people, to support our health sector, to protect people, ensuring that we have additional capacity within our health service, but also that we can try and continue to protect people's livelihoods, 
protect their incomes while at the same time investing and trying to make sure that we, we can stimulate the economy to try and get us out of this. I mean, you're right, we're going to have to borrow a lot. Uh, this is a situation I, I, I really hoped we'd never be in again in such a short space of time. But this is something outside of our ability to, to be able to, to deal with in any other way. I think um, we also, and, and it's something that I suppose I haven't been speaking about in the same way that I had previously, but Brexit is also coming down the line. Uh, we don't yet have a deal with the UK and so we have, uh, as part of that €18 billion euro package, a €3.4 billion euro COVID Brexit recovery fund. So we're trying to make sure that this money is invested properly, that we're putting it where it's where it's needed, that it's not just in the health service, but that it's protecting people's livelihoods. And obviously what we're trying to make sure is that this money can last. So we're trying to spread it out. We're trying to make sure that any of the programmes that we're putting in place, that there's longevity in them and that they won't just be there for a few months because the likelihood is, and you know, and I think everybody listening knows, is that this isn't going to end in January or February or March next year. This is going to go well into the year. So it's very hard to predict, but, you know, we have tried to make sure that the money is going to be spent well, but we do have to look at the fact that we can't continue to borrow and that's something next year that we will have to obviously take into account. Okay, uh, as part of the rescue, will people listening to us locally be looking for a rescue uh, from today or in the coming days? Northern Ireland is set, it looks set at least, uh, when the executive meets, uh, we find out about half ten, I think this morning, it looks set to go into a four-week lockdown, uh, which will... Uh, see pubs and restaurants close and people working from home and so on. Uh, are the border counties going to mirror that situation? Well, as you said, the, the executive were meeting last night and there will be further meetings this morning. So we have to wait and see what they agree to. Um, but as people have seen over the last number of weeks, the situation in Northern Ireland has deteriorated very quickly. And it's, in fact, one of the worst regions uh, in Europe at the moment in terms of their figures. Now, what they're suggesting is that there would be a closure of pubs, of restaurants, schools, I think, for a longer period over the, the midterm. And obviously the question is naturally, what are we going to do here? Um, I mean, it's very clear, and the Thonishta made his view on this this morning, is that our schools should remain open. We've put a huge amount, uh, not just of finance, but of, of work into making sure that they could open in the first place. Uh, and this is something that we want to see continue. But also we have NAFIC meeting tomorrow evening. And I think what they will do is assess the situation. We are only at level three uh, for, for less than two weeks at this stage. And we do want to see how this is working. If you look at the Dublin figures, and I understand that the likes of Donegal and Monaghan, the figures have increased Exceeded, in the last week yeah. or so. Yeah. However, if you look at Dublin, which had been the, the largest overall figure, it has started to plateau, having been at level three for a number mm. of weeks. Well, that's, so that, that's, we, at, we that, that's at odds, Minister, with uh, the NAFID view. I think it wasn't such a, a bad day yesterday, but the three days previous were of significant concern and Neffet was talking about uh, introducing uh, stricter restrictions for Dublin as a, a result of that. They're very concerned, Tony Houlihan said at the press briefing the other night uh, about uh, the trend uh, and uh, how the, the, the disease is developing in, in the capital and because there's so many people there, the consequences of that. Uh, but if we could stay local for a, a moment, uh, if this lockdown is introduced in Northern Ireland, uh, is it that we can expect in border counties to go to level four or level five? 
So I think that's something that has to be taken into consideration. Um, and it's very hard for me to say that that would absolutely happen because I simply don't know. I think depending on what happens today with Northern Ireland, and, and as you've said, we'll hear from the executive taking into account an efforts meeting tomorrow, looking at all of the figures, not just in the border counties, but across the country, because it's not just the border counties where we've seen a sharp increase in overall figures. Uh, and I think the view at this stage uh, is that Unlike Kildare, where we had Leash and Offaly as well, we, we knew where the clusters were. We knew that there was uh, specific areas where they had come from and why the figures had spiked. Mm. Unfortunately, it's now starting to move more into the community. So, so there is a know, very real... Sorry to cut across you, Minister. There, there is a very real prospect, and uh, I think uh, this is what people want to know, uh, e- even if it's a situation where you can't rule it out. Uh, there's a prospect, or it can't be ruled out, let's say, Uh, that businesses that are open this morning uh, may be closed for four weeks. Uh, There is, or it can't be ruled out if you prefer, Uh, it can't be ruled out uh, that people won't be allowed to visit with family and friends at all. So I I won't rule anything out, and and that's not to worry people, but I think, you know, it would be wrong of me to say that that absolutely won't happen. But I think what's important here is that we engage with Northern Ireland, that we engage with the executive, that we try and work together as much as possible. And then, you know, if you look at what's Mm. been announced in the budget yesterday, with the potential that there could be changes from level three to four and four to five, we have a number of new schemes and you've just mentioned businesses there. The new uh, COVID restriction support scheme is specifically for business who have to close or who are currently operating at less than 20%. And unfortunately, I know a lot of business in the county at the moment, even at level three, they're open, but they are operating at a loss of almost 80%. So we have put in place additional support that can work in parallel to the, the, the working support scheme or the COVID, the, the wage subsidy scheme, but also other supports that if we do find ourselves having to move into level four or five, mm. that there will be that financial support there. But, I, but I'm there not, is the concern. But I'm, I'm not mm. ruling it in either because we just have to wait and see what NAFIC do, but also what engagement they have with their colleagues in the north and how we can try and manage this together. But obviously mm. the figures in the north, they're, they're substantially higher than ours and, you and know, the, we the, just need to make sure that doesn't continue to... Uh, and we're, we're, we're only a week or two behind. Uh, I mean, this is uh, the NAFIC viewpoint, uh, which is why we may need to follow... Uh, not just because of our proximity to our neighbours living in Northern Ireland, but because we are so close to them and uh, because we interact with them and uh, the way this disease spreads. But this is all, of course, in the context of yesterday's budget. And as you say, there are supports there for business. Uh, But for anybody listening to us uh, this morning who doesn't have their own business, uh, who are employed and are looking at the prospect of becoming unemployed uh, for maybe four weeks and possibly more in the run-up to Christmas, two months out from Christmas... Uh, there's real reason for concern, especially at the decision not to restore the pub payment uh, and the idea that they may not be able to afford their rent and that they could end up being evicted and on the streets for Christmas. So at this stage, I think the vast majority of people, and, and you're right, there could be some people that will become newly unemployed, but I think a lot of people... Um, who have been in that situation before and might find themselves in that situation again have been able to engage so whether it's to do with their rent or their banks there has been uh, for a number of months an ability to engage with banks to put in place new uh, essentially arrangements that will allow them to continue to pay at a rate that's suitable for them but in, in relation to the PUP and I know this is an accusation that's been put to us that we didn't increase it to what it had been previously 
in comparison to other countries. Uh, and I would take the UK and Northern Ireland where the wage subsidy scheme or their equivalent is £95 per week. We are now looking at between 203 and €300 Euro per week for people here. And the reason that we've kept it at that level for um, this budget and, and we didn't increase it is because we're actually going to extend it to April and potentially beyond into next year. So we've looked at how can we actually keep it for longer, protecting as many people as possible because we know that there's a potential that this is going to be needed well into next year. So a decision was taken mm. that we continue it and, and obviously we have we have increased it slightly from previous figures even in between the summer. So anybody earning over €300 Euro will get €300. Euro. Anybody who was earning between 200 and 300 will get 250 And anyone who was earning less than 200 will get the equivalent of the job seekers at 203 So we're really trying to make sure that this will last and that we can continue to support people well into next year. Whereas other jurisdictions, other countries, their, their furlough scheme for their employees is finishing in October. Mm. Ours, again, will continue well into next year. Plus, we're trying to make sure that there's additional support. So, you know, and trying to, to where possible, put in place other support. So it's obviously the, the €4 billion Euro additional funding for our health sector. It's additional support for our students. It's additional support in the justice sector. It, it, it's trying to fund other sectors that people will then see the benefits themselves uh, as well. So there's a lot in this budget and, and I would urge people to, to have a look and see because uh, um, I think they will find that, uh, that you know th- there will be a lot of benefit for people in this. And, and they're tough decisions. I mean the challenge is great. As I said at the outset, uh, the figures are eye-watering and uh, I think as Minister Donoghue said yesterday, we can't continue to borrow 20 billion euro every year. It's not sustainable. Uh, There has to be a a point where you cut it off and tough decisions have to be made as a result. But I'm sure at the same time, Minister, you can understand why people are are concerned at the idea of losing their job for four weeks, maybe more in the run-up to Christmas. Absolutely. And and that's why I would say that this is nothing that has been decided. This has not been decided. This is a decision that the North is taking. We have to be absolutely conscious of that and the potential implications for here. Um, but we will be advised tomorrow following the NAFIC meeting and, and we have to take all of these into consideration. One element of the budget as well yesterday is, is that anybody uh, who has been either unemployed or on the, the, the wage subsidy scheme for four months over the last uh, since the beginning of COVID, they will receive the Christmas bonus. You know, we're trying to, again, where possible, provide that little bit of extra support for people, particularly those who might find themselves uh, unemployed or, again, on the wage subsidy scheme. So, okay. you know, this is a very difficult time for people. I, I fully understand that. Um, and, and, you know, that's why this budget really has tried to, to make sure that those who are most vulnerable at the moment will be protected. Okay, Minister, as you say, uh, there's uh, additional resources uh, for your department, 600 uh, additional Gardaí, 500 civilian staff and uh, 70 vehicles uh, to replace vehicles uh, that were uh, given to the Gardaí temporarily during this pandemic. Yes, so this uh, justice budget for next year is going to be over €3 billion, so we've uh, received and and I've got an increase of almost €200 million. As you've just outlined, there will be additional funding for 620 new Garda recruits next year. You will have 500 Garda staff. The 70 new cards have already been ordered, so that's funding that we're um, going to receive hopefully before the end of this year to try and replace some of the cards that are being uh, essentially hired at the moment. Um, But if you look at the the overall justice budget, there are maybe two key themes to it. The first one obviously being COVID. Uh, There's 27 million additional money for COVID, and that's 
PPE for our Gardaí, for our uh, prison services, it's additional equipment that's essentially there to keep people safe, but also our court service to make sure that they can operate. A second key team for the justice sector, and this is an area that I'm really trying to, to, to prioritise and focus on, it's modernisation of our justice sector. So it's supporting the Gardaí to update their equipment to make sure that they are in line with their European counterparts and being able to, to do their job and, and to, to use the right kind of equipment to, to access uh, and to, to essentially deal with some of the, the, mm. the toughest criminals. It's about modernising our court service, modernising the prison service, um, but also an area, and I've spoken to you about this before, that I'm very keen to, to make progress on is domestic violence. Uh, and the O'Malley report, which was published over the summer and which next week I will set out our implementation plan for. Um, I have 2.7 million that will be there to start to implement next year, but also vital services, the likes uh, of Men's Aid, the likes of the Women's Refuge, the likes of the, the Women's Council. They will receive additional funding to support people who are victims of domestic violence because this is something, unfortunately, that we have seen an increase in over mm. the last few months with COVID. So there's lots, uh, you know, as part of that, there's increased funding for Limerick Prison, there's increased funding for uh, the Forensic Science Ireland who support our Gardaí to do uh, the job that they do, but also uh, funding victims of crime and, and, you know, the many departments and agencies that are supported through justice will receive additional funding this year to and you mentioned, do the job that they do. You mentioned PPE for the guards themselves. Uh, there's a, a lot of worry in Kerry, a lot of uh, Gardaí, uh, I think, uh, restricting their movements. I understand uh, the Garda Commissioner uh, is restricting his movements. Uh, can you tell us anything about uh, Drew Harris's health? So uh, Drew Harris is is healthy. Um, and my understanding is that he was in contact with somebody um, or was in close contact with somebody um, and that is why he is restricting his movement, but he is well. Uh, and I think this just shows that absolutely uh, there is nobody that is is immune to this or cannot be in some way impacted by it. Um, so he will restrict his movement in the same way that the Thornista had been for two weeks previously. Um, but, you know, I, I think when it comes to PPE, when it comes to equipment, the 27 million that has been allocated if we need more next year, I don't think there will be uh, any objections from our Minister for Finance or Public Expenditure to provide that additional funding. It's absolutely paramount that our Gardaí are, are kept safe when they're doing the jobs that they're doing and protecting us, but also our prison officers, uh, those who are working in our courts, those who are helping deliver justice. And, and as I said, that budget, if, if it needs to be extended, it certainly will be. And you mentioned the courts, uh, Minister, and... Uh know that you have to respect the separation of powers and I won't ask you to step over that line but uh, perhaps uh, you could say something uh, in relation uh, to uh, the discourse uh, that's taking place uh, in relation to uh, the meetings uh, that have been postponed between Justice Seamus Wolfe and uh, the Chief Justice uh, Frank Clark. As I say, I don't want you to make a statement about Seamus Wolfe or what he should or shouldn't do but maybe you wouldn't mind taking a moment to speak to the public because I'm sure you'll accept that there are people listening to us this morning who feel frustrated by all of this and how meetings are being postponed and that this isn't coming to a conclusion. Well, unfortunately, you're right. I suppose this is not something that I'm a part of. This is not something that I'm involved in and there is a very clear separation of powers so I I don't want to comment any further. What's happening in terms of meetings or not, it's not something that I'm party to or aware of Um, and obviously... Um, you know, this this is a matter that is being resolved between uh, Seamus Wolfe and, and um, the, the Chief Justice. So 
you know, it, it's not something that I really feel that I can comment on any further, but I'm, I'm sure it will mm. be resolved. But whatever that resolution is, I'm sure you'd accept, Minister, that people want a, a speedy resolution or a re- resolution should have happened quicker than now is uh, the uh, general consensus. Again, I mean, look, there is a process here. Um, I'm not aware of how that process has worked and I think people will understand uh, and and they will know when Mm -hmm. this has come to a conclusion. Okay, Minister. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Thanks indeed. So that's uh, Fine TD for me. These Tella McEntee, who is the Minister for Justice. Michael Michael Reed on on LMFM. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.